2: Welcome along to Morning Footy. It's so nice to have you with us. I'm Poppy Miller here with Jordan Angeli, hey. Jimmy Conrad, and Alexis Guerrero. So it is a lovely. It's a crisp morning, isn't it? it? Sweater weather? Sweater weather. Is that what it is? It's fi- the weather's finally turned. It's sweater weather. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> sweater weather.
3: Are you from Long Island all
2: Yeah, it's sweater weather. <laughs> Jimmy didn't get the memo. I didn't get
4: the memo. No, and Alexis, you were your heart's there. Yeah, yeah, I'm wearing hoodie. Your hoodie weather. Is hoodie weather's back, baby. Yeah. I just read your sweater. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah thank you.
0: You're yeah.
2: missing I, your peeps a I feel what? like they're... I, no. Us three don't feel yeah.
4: comfortable with it,
2: but yeah, it's pretty no, sweet.
0: I did, it, I did it to assert authority.
2: <laughs> <day> <laughs> to wear it, Alexis. We yes. get it. Your name's on
3: his sweater. We know who forget to
2: star on, his, um, <laughs> on the wall today. Jimmy, I'm so happy you're back, by the way. Thanks, back Poppy. at Well, Stanford, kind of New York, your old stomping grounds. That's right. I'm happy to be here.
4: Yes, as Charlie Davies' stunt double, I am excited <laughs> to be here. And, uh yeah, of course. Anytime I get to sit down and talk the beautiful game with some lovely people, it's Aww. always great.
0: We got to talk to Casting if you're the stunt people. Right.
3: <laughs> I know. I was hoping he would do the stanky leg then because I feel like that's now what you gotta gotta do. Now we got to see. That's very true. nervous. you nervous.
2: Who is betting that Charlie is at one point in the broadcast tonight going to do that because he is in Miami for the big game? Yeah. Do you think he, he will? I feel bet. like every time he's with Kate and Clint, he ends up doing it, right?
0: They do goad him into dancing every time they're around him. And very he he always takes the bait. He does. He's <laughs> a team player. He can't help himself. Yeah. Yeah,
2: no. <laughs> Good for you Charlie. I hope we see it tonight. Uh, here is a reminder of what's coming up tonight. It's the big one. The Open Cup final. Kate, Clint, Charlie, uh, Nico, Susie. They're all going to be there um, with all the build up coming for you which begins at seven o'clock Eastern. Kickoff is at 8.30 between the Houston Dynamo and into Miami you can watch it all on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network. Obviously Messi is the big talking point yesterday, you know, we were saying is he going to feature? Is he not what's the chances we see him play? Is it likely he's going to have limited minutes? Well, yesterday Alexis Tata came out and said you all just missed him in the media. He actually did come to training, but after you guys left. So, what do right. you read into this? Is he going to play?
0: I love that. No, he was just here. Right. You didn't you, see him? No, you didn't see him. I saw him. Uh, I do think he, he has to play. And regardless of what you think, it's a final. Mm-hmm. Even if he can only give you 30, if he can only give you 40, 45, a half at his peak, that's better than anyone else on that pitch. He's the greatest of all time. He's got to play, and he's home. Mm -hmm. This is huge. Imagine walking out of this season, having gotten here halfway through it, and walking out with, so far, two trophies. (laughs) That'd be
4: huge. It would be huge, and I think it would validate the amount of money they're paying him to be here couple things of note for me. One is if I'm Tata Martino, the manager of Inter Miami, there's no way that I'm stating how many minutes he's going to play. Not at all. I'm not going to tell. I I might allude to the fact that he could start because you want Houston Dynamo to potentially prepare for him in a certain way. And then when he doesn't start, they're going to make, oh, great, we have to adjust. They're going to figure that out, what, about an hour before kickoff? So they have some time to figure that out. But then if Messi comes on and everybody's tired with 30 minutes left to go, (laughs) that's a game changer. We saw that. Remember when he came off the bench against the Red Bulls? He came on, did his thing, scored a goal, and everybody went home happy, even though he didn't start. And I think we could see something similar tonight. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I would imagine that's how it's going to be. And um, just knowing Messi, what we know of him, he's playing in a final. If he can play any kind of minutes, he's making sure that he gets himself on the field. So I'm sure that is a conversation him and Tata have, and Tata's holding his cards close, as he should. Yeah, But we're just hours away now, and then we can stop talking about if Messi's going to play or not.
2: Well, Jordi Alba (laughs) looks like he's not going to play, right? I think we were, you know, from what Tata said yesterday about Jordi Alba, he said that's going to be really difficult. But Messi, on the other hand, he's here. He looks good, and we'll see how much he features. But it's also going to be really interesting in terms of individual matchups, especially uh, on the sideline with Tata and with Ben Olsen, because it's been, you know, what a journey it has been for Ben Olsen. We were just talking about it before uh, we came on air. Obviously, they come into this match. Would you say as, as underdogs, Jimmy, in this game?
4: Oh, 1000%. Yeah? yeah, if they were playing this game in Houston, maybe I would give a slight edge to Houston, given how well they've performed at home and given their identity now mm-hmm. under. Ben Olsen and under GM Pat Onstad, who was on the show yesterday and gave us some good insight. What I have found fascinating with this version of the Houston Dynamo is how good they've played under Ben Olsen. We didn't really see this champagne football from him at DC United. DC United, just to give everybody some context about Ben Olsen. When he retired from playing, and he's a legend for the club at DC United, he went and was an assistant coach under Curtin Alfo. Curtin Alfo got sacked a couple months later. Ben Olsen takes the job, has the job for 10 years, and it always felt like he was in survival mode. He never really got to build the team that he wanted. And now he comes into a Houston organization that has an identity or a plan of where they want to go. And because of his relationship with Pat Onstad when they were together at DC United, it just felt like it was the right time for him to jump back in. Also, getting fired from that job with the club he's been at his whole life, I think, gave him some time to reflect on what kind of coach he wanted to be. And I think we're seeing a great version of it now. And he's, the, the team's an extension of him. Yeah.
3: It does feel like there's a freedom to the way that he wants to play now. And you're you're alluding to that. Because if you watch Houston play, this is not the Houston of yesteryear. In the last few years, they've been difficult to watch. But it, now if there's a Houston game, I'm turning it on to watch. Because if you go back to those that game against St. Louis or even Vancouver, some of the goals they play and the way they interchange lines, get their fullbacks high, Corey Baird and what he's done there, Carrasquilla, um, Hector Herrera, our tour is revitalized this team is a lot more challenging than you would have expected at the beginning of the
2: season. It all has to do with the freedom that Ben Olsen has allowed them to play with. Mm-hmm. One thing that he said that was really interesting in his press conference, because, of course, he was asked about Messi, which, you know, as a manager, it must just get a bit exhausting what, all the time talking about Messi. But they asked him, how are you going to stop him? And he said, well, let's ask the other 5,000 top European coaches that are much better than me that haven't been able uh, to manage that. So I suppose in some ways, Alexis, how are you preparing to step separate game plans for tonight with and without him.
0: I mean, already that's an advantage for Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami knows who's showing up for Houston. So you talk about one eleven that's going to come at you, possibly maybe one or two changes max if there was an injury. But if you're at Houston, if you're Ben Olsen, now you have to sit there and go, here's what we do, and then half the meeting is here's what we do if this guy doesn't show up. It's very difficult. And we can talk about, you know, champagne football, all of this. Yeah, it's a very different than what we saw in D.C. But if we're being honest, 11% of their passes are progressive. That's second worst only behind Toronto in this league. How are you going to? You
4: never to- want to be associated with
0: Toronto. No, though, not a good thing. Out. They are not bad. Not this year. Bad. Um, how are you going to, one, advance the ball when you have an opportunity? Because you know Tata Martino style is everyone go. Let's try to attack as much as possible. How are you going to potentially stop Busquets from uh, having his input? Inter-Miami is the is the top team for through balls. How are you going to stop that but get Hector Herrera and your mm-hmm. fullbacks? How is Coco Carrasquilla Koreski, uh, not going to have to maybe pull back and get deeper to defend and stop some of that uh, opportunities from Busquets? Yeah. One of the greatest midfielders of our time.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I do feel like Carrasquilla and the way that he plays, especially when they utilize him on the wing, he tucks inside, and that's going to be difficult for Busquets mm-hmm. it, because if you overload that space in the midfield centrally, Maybe that is an outlet for this Houston squad to get quickly out the other way, occupy the center of the field, and then allow their outside backs to advance. Um, But those are all good points. And I feel like Houston, yeah, we just talked about how they they are the underdogs coming in here, and they have a lot of um, things that they have to look to to say, okay, how do Mm -hmm. we manage this? Especially early on. First 15, 20 minutes, they have to be tight
2: defensively. Uh, Speaking of Busquets, what about the individual matchups? So, you know, him and Hector Herrera, they overlapped in Spain for a couple of years. Jimmy, I mean, individually, what are you expecting to see from them?
4: Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see how both teams defend these respective players. When I think about Messi coming into the team and what we've discussed so far, How do you suffocate the service into these particular players? And I think you've got to get around Busquets. His awareness of where Messi likes to pick up the ball, and Messi's very good, obviously, at finding those pockets between the lines. You can't stop it completely, but can you get around Busquets and make the game difficult for him? Because if you do, that's the metronome. He does an excellent job of knowing when to switch the point of attack, when to keep it, when to play safe, when to play forward. And he's so good at it. I think we (laughs) almost don't even fully appreciate how good he is at that part of the game. But if you can suffocate his ability to do that, then I think you limit the influence that Messi and others can have. Now, when you think about Hector Herrera, he knows what Busquets has. And and he's seen it not only here in MLS, but also in La Liga when they played against each other with Atletico and Barcelona. So I think that that's going to be a great matchup. I don't know if it's going to be completely right on top of each other, (laughs) but it would be interesting if... Ben Olsen decides, I want Herrera to stand right on Busquets and I want to know what kind of gum he's chewing. You know, I want him to be that close to make it (laughs) that difficult for him to have that type of influence. It's going to be a great matchup and and as much as we can say kind of like these overarching themes. There's all these specific matchups in the game that are really going to determine who wins and who loses.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one of those is uh, Kamal Miller and Corey Bird. Obviously, they've been all over MLS, but now it feels like they've really found their home with these two teams, Alexis.
0: Yeah, and look, when we talk about Kamal Miller, we've talked about three different Kamal Millers. The Kamal Miller that we know, the Kamal <laughs> Miller we've suddenly found out was available after Messi, Busquets, and Jordi come. who was, as, as Nico put it, was bawling. I like that he's using some of my terminology. Now. Uh,
4: <laughs> thank you. Get Rubbing a little bit more East Coast in
0: <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, Kamal Miller was a completely different player, but has he come down to earth? Mm. That's a big worry if you're Miami, because if, if Miami has a weak link anywhere, it's that back line. Especially with Kristoff potentially being, you know, having an injury or maybe not being 100% you're going to need Kamal Miller to be that Kamal Miller we saw during the high-flying Inter-Miami days
4: of when but Messi But can he, first though? Came. They played yeah. so many That's games what I'm saying. in such a know. short period of time. I mean, we can use him as an example of how difficult that is.
3: Yeah, and I feel like this test this actually is going to be a, a matchup. We're going to see those two next to each other a lot. And Corey Barrett has silently become a really good nine in this league. And not your traditional nine, big center forward um, getting in, in the box for headed balls, but he'll play like a little bit of a false nine. So I think if Barrett can get on the side where he is against Kamal Miller pull him around and drag him around a little bit which we've seen Miller be tempted to go into the midfield at times follow Baird there's going to be spaces mm-hmm. for Houston if they can get those progressive passes um, up a little bit to to find that space at which Miller leaves unoccupied so i think Baird Baird's role in the game today and how he occupies the center backs is going to be massive for Houston
2: Do you know what's just so crazy is to think how is into Miami here you know at the start of the season <laughs> If someone was to tell you, one, Leo Messi is going to arrive with, with Jordi Alba and everybody else, then they're going to win the, the League's Cup, then they're going to be in the Open Cup final, and then potentially make the playoffs, and then who knows what happens after that. I mean, this has to be one of the greatest stories, doesn't it, Jimmy, that we've seen in MLS
4: Yes. I've uh, got two words for you, Leo Messi. I think that <laughs> makes uh, a big difference. And this isn't two words, but a lot of money that's solving some of these problems because not only do you bring in Leo Messi, you bring in some of his best friends, and what I think has been interesting about his move from France and winning a World Cup into MLS is he looks like he's enjoying himself. I don't think I've seen him play with this type of smile on his face for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And when you have a player of his quality, smiling and having fun, it just makes a whole, yeah. a whole difference. A lot is one word. So
0: that a, was lot, of, words. Yeah, a I've, lot of money. Just
3: squeezing it yeah, together. <laughs> I put a lot of I, words no, no, together. No, a then. lot of is
0: one word. You yeah. can, <laughs> can, I, can I do
3: one more matchup? Because I think that, that left side defensively for Miami and, and the right side for Houston is going to be interesting because Griffin Dorsey is playing outside back. He's kind of solidified that spot. Um, and we don't know who's playing outside back for Miami on that left side with no Jordi Alba. I think it's probably going to be Noah Allen. But I, the way that Dorsey's playing and the, occupying the wing and coming inside and using his left foot to, to shoot, I think that's going to be a spot to watch too not the big stars of the other ones but something to keep your eye on is is how Miami handles that side
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt I can't wait I honestly can't wait I can't wait to see who's there I want Susanna to be in the stands getting all of the celebrities does she get those interviews I'm pretty sure I mean maybe I'm guessing here but I hope to see Susanna with Kim Kardashian stood on the sideline (laughs) (laughs) at some point just talking
0: to Kim (laughs) like a mayo we said
2: yesterday that it is the most high profile open cup final that we have ever seen in. Our crew is going to be pitch side for you starting at 7 o'clock Eastern on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network with the match kicking off at 8.30 Eastern for the US Open Cup final. Stay with us though. We've got a bunch more to come here on Morning Footy. Claudia Pagan has the day's headlines after this short break. to morning footy. Well, the Seattle Sounders unveiled Ooh, a new crest and colors sharp. yesterday. Mm. Alexis, Literally. you got big thoughts Look about at this.
0: this. This is perfect. The, the old school typeface with the wave going through it, the SFC. I mean, the uh, carnation, I guess that's what that is. The whale, bro. They got the orca. Yep. This is absolutely great. I've never seen a, a rebrand done this perfectly well. That's this a- is right perfectly board. executed.
3: Yeah. I... I it is so sleek. I need one of those Orca hats. Like the, I saw Christian yeah. Roldan wearing one yesterday for the reveal, and I'm like, that looks nice. I like the. I think my favorite part is like the sound in the yeah. Sounders, the sound wave. Ooh,
2: little touches. They crushed uh, Alexa it. Alexa said earlier, this is the best rebrand that I've ever seen. This is
0: it. This is the best rebrand I've ever seen. Think back to some other rebrands. Chicago, they had two of
4: them. Did not go well. You know? yeah. Shout out to the Columbus crew. Not terrible.
2: Rebrand. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hardest working team in America. No, shout out they should lean into that. Uh, if we're going to talk about rebrands, don't
0: <laughs> shout out to them. Um, they had to redo it because, yeah, whenever the fans get that upset, you didn't do a good job of rebrands. But I even think internationally, you know, when brands sort of change, you know, CFG, when they when they go on by teams, they get the round logo. Even though sometimes, like, all right, it's classy, but... There's something about it that's a myth. This is perfectly Seattle.
2: Tell them Because it's an ode, send the stuff over for footy kit yes. Friday. Yes, we the that, the it did that.
3: It didn't go too far away from what it was. It's an ode to what it has always been with this nice elevated Less touch. is more.
4: Yes. Less is more. Classy.
0: Yes.
3: Okay. It also it.
0: still feels kind of culturally American. It's not too, like, you know, they didn't do the two... Lions holding <laughs> yeah. pitchforks or some weird thing. Okay, like hey, that's going to be the you sh- supporter show
3: here, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> they didn't try to go too regal, you know. It's perfect. Perfectly uh, American, but not too wacky. Not too, not wacky too much. Claudia, yeah. what,
2: what do you think? Do you like it? I like
1: it. I'll take a sweater so I can join in in the sweater weather. So, no, I it's sweater weather. Either. Sweater
2: weather. There we go. How was that? Sweater weather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like water and bagels all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crush
1: in what what you guys
2: are crushing it. Well, I got for us this morning. Yeah, Claudia? I've got What's your the headlines.
1: There are. There's lots of news going on. We're going to start off in England with Arsenal and the Carabao Cup. Gunners midfielder Bukayo Saka picked up a knock against Tottenham this past weekend that make him makes him doubtful for their League Cup match against Brentford and potentially this weekend's Premier League fixture. Saka was seen limping following the conclusion of the match and was not able to participate in training, according to Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta. This is just the latest in, rash, in a rash of injuries for Arsenal that include Leandro Trossard, Gabriel Martinelli, Thomas, Thomas Parde, and Declan Rice, though Rice has not been ruled out of today's cup match. Now, Bournemouth manager Adoni Idaola had some good news for U.S. men's national team and Bournemouth fans everywhere when he provided an update on the status of Tyler Adams. The 24 year old is set to make his first team sheet after being sidelined for seven months with an injury he suffered during his time at Leeds. Adams, who transferred to Bournemouth over the summer, will help shore up the Cherries midfield with an eye on a possible call up with the national team's friendlies against Germany and Ghana in October, looming on the horizon. Now, yesterday, FIFA announced that they'll be moving their legal department from its Swiss headquarters in Zurich to Coral Gables near Miami. International soccer's top organization informed 100 staff members yesterday of the move, which is planned to be fully operational by August 2024. The employees will join an ever-growing workforce that's already in the process of organizing the 2026 World Cup set to take place in stadiums around the US, Canada and Mexico. Now, there is one thing on American soccer fans' minds tonight, and that's tonight's U.S. Open Cup final between Inter-Miami and the Houston Dynamo. Messi's status prior to the match is shrouded in uncertainty following an injury that the Argentine forward picked up on international duty. During a press match presser yesterday, Miami head coach Tata Martino did not rule out Messi for tonight. Tonight's final, take a listen.
5: Salieron cuando ustedes <laughs> se fueron, por eso no lo hizo. Eh, eh, esperamos hasta mañana Michelle vamos a esperar hasta mañana Eh, Jordi difícil pero al dedo vamos a esperar hasta mañana
1: and finally, Napoli's turbulent start to the season continues after a video mocking Victor Osimhen and his penalty miss over the weekend was published and then deleted on the club's official TikTok account. Osimhen, who had visibly contested new head coach Rudy Garcia when being subbed off in the last match, has deleted all of the more recent images of him in a Napoli jersey from his Instagram account. The striker's agent, Roberto Calende, is threatening legal action against the club for damaging the player's image. Poppy, this was one of the things that you we brought up while we were just chatting, getting ready for the show. I mean, how much of a fumble is this for Napoli? They might
2: lose their star player and might miss out on negotiating the transfer. This is crazy, honestly. When when we saw this TikTok yesterday, one, I thought, okay. Something weird is happening. Is this is this real, the TikTok that we're seeing? If anyone missed it, they posted a TikTok of him m- mocking him because he missed the penalty at the weekend and put music behind it and showed him grabbing the ball. Uh, and I just thought, it's just a strange one, isn't it? You know, for your for your superstar striker to then be mocked on TikTok for missing a penalty when there's already trouble in paradise for this Napoli team who won the Scudetto last season. He's not getting on with the new coach, Rudy Garcia. You could see that when he got substituted uh, and Cavara was brought off as well. So to me, it... it it's just baffling because it doesn't make sense. I don't know what they would get out of that. Is engagement more important than than your star striker and, and his contract, which, by the way, is still kind of up in the air. And it feels like now, all of a sudden, this gives them a bit of an out. It felt like it could have, not from
3: your own team's account, like that felt like the weirdest thing for your team, for you guys to have all these levels of who's checking this before it goes out, and yet it still goes out there into the public. Um, he has been one of the most fun players to watch in Italy, and yet that I just felt like that was so disrespectful. And
2: that, that wasn't the only one as well. There was another one that yeah, was baffling. Like, I'm, I'm not battling. a boy. I'm not a girl.
4: I'm a coconut. I'm a coconut. It uh, so it, weird. It was... It, I've, I think I've learned that Napoli has a social media account run by a 15-year-old. That's, that's first. <laughs> second, yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's checking to see if, if, if is this appropriate? Are, are we... If so, then that's the uh, second Vic- person who needs to be fired. Is, 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 how's Victor going to take this? Like, not thinking through all the possibilities, the consequences of posting something like that. I don't know if they're going to be able to walk this back. I don't know where that middle ground is, but the fact that... You had this player Mm -hmm. who led you to your first Scudetto in 30 years, and within a couple months, you're now mocking him on social media.
0: And was
2: the league's best scorer? Yeah. Should have been probably MVP as well.
0: I'm all for jokes, you know, and I'm all for, you know, poking fun. But everyone I know saw this in the media was like, ooh. What? That's just a bad idea. In particular, you're talking about someone you're in uh, contract negotiations with, and now all of a sudden his agent has reportedly said that they're considering legal action against his own club. This is a bad situation for Napoli because we were talking about a 100-plus-million-euro player. Unless It's bad for them. Mm-hmm. great for everyone else like a real madrid or an arsenal who want a player sure. of this ilk because that price value that price has just come down. Do you
2: know what else is crazy about it is one Victor Osman, as we said has deleted everything that was associated with napoli from his social media accounts. So how many problems is this going to cause you know between the between the coaches, between the front office, between the players as well because I'm sure the players are going to rally around him and say this you is could out of order. Well, you, you know? could
3: be next, and on being mocked from your old team. Of course, they're going to rally around him. I just feel like Jimmy. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I feel so thankful I didn't play in the time of social media because there are so many things that are go. Are you out saying there. we're old? Is that? Where you're I <laughs> am saying we're old. We, we take the, the, the age range up a little bit here. You guys would here.
0: have to stop the games
2: for the Because goodness, to it, is, the it is brutal. <laughs> no one wrote anything on Facebook. Was it Facebook when you were playing? <laughs> that almost more <brings laughs> disrespectful no, it?
0: It no, was my, my space. space.
2: Okay. <laughs> just relax, nice everybody.
0: Can we get cushions for both of those seats? <laughs> yeah. is that my back's starting to hurt yeah. over here. For lunch today,
4: we have stewed peas. guys was A-O-L, instant
0: messaging. Jimmy's was in
2: the newspaper. We had to mock him from the paper that ended up on the front You know what? It was fun playing in the
4: 1950 World Cup. I know
2: where you're
4: going. The last
0: thing you'd want to do is, you know, one of your own teammates or players and just – you know, ridicule them. Can we roll the video of you guys calling me Grimace? Because <laughs> I wore purple. No, but honestly, it's like, you know, obviously I could take jokes all day. But if you're Victor Osman and this is a player of yours that's in the middle of a contract negotiation, under no circumstances would you want to rock that boat. And they've just tipped it over. It's they, a play, real mistake.
2: they play today against Udinese as well. So, Jimmy, what do you think? You know, what can we expect from them? Because the, it feels like there's a lot of tension between the players and Rudy Garcia anyway. And now, is this just going to add to it? Do you think we'll see a a response in any way from Victor Rossiman today?
4: I'm curious to see if you start him. I would roll him out. I would try to move past this as quickly as you can on the field, knowing what's happening off the field. Let's just get back to winning. Let's get back to making the plays that we need to have success. It was always going to be a struggle for Napoli to repeat as champions. Right, you win the Scudetto. Not that everything's going to be easier, but you lose your coach, who mm-hmm. was so pivotal to your success. The relationship building—you can bring in Rudy Garcia, who's got his own ideas of how you should play. It was always going to be difficult, and now you have Osiman who hasn't scored recently, has a lot yeah. of pressure on his shoulders. Maybe wanted to make a move during the summer, but didn't get that move. He's stuck with Napoli, and now
2: would you play a few with him? I don't right? even know if he'll be on the play? team sheet. Would you play? Would you want to play? I,
4: I, I guess from a competitive standpoint, I would want to play. Yeah. But because the more that you, I don't know, you're off the field, you're thinking about it more, mm-hmm. you're dealing with it more, and I don't know, it's, it's, that's a tough one. A future, yeah, a future
0: club of yours might be watching how you react True. to this. True. So that's I think you go point. on the field, you be the professional, they messed up, you didn't, right. let them look like it. I makes. agree
4: with you on that. That's
2: yeah, good it's going to be really interesting, yeah. isn't it? See what happens with Napoli today. Uh, stay with us, though. We're going to talk about the Carabao Cup and the results from yesterday, also looking ahead at what we've got coming up. We'll be right back. Here's a look at yesterday's Carabao Cup results. A nice result for Vincent Company. Burnley beat Sulphur City 4-0. Exeter City with a 1-0 win over Luton Town. Ipswich came from two goals behind from Wolves to advance 3-2. Mansfield Town drawing with Peterborough but going through on penalties. Middlesbrough also advanced as did Port Vale. And a nice win as well for Manchester United at Old Trafford. 3-0 against Crystal Palace. Here's a look at some of the highlights. Eric Tenhagi made a lot of changes from Saturday's win against Burnley, but United dominated this game, Jimmy, throughout.
4: Oh, it was a very professional performance from Manchester United for all 90 minutes to get a good shot here. Garnacho gets the start, gets the goal. They've got some talented players. Now it's just a matter of Eric Ten Hag trusting them. Here we get to see Casemiro, who really has a knack for finding space in the box. But I love this goal. This is probably my favorite. Look at this wow. touch here by Anthony Martial. Wow. They need more of this, obviously, from a lot of their players, but this is a touch of class, what a finish! Wow, yeah. and, I that's
0: mean, all ridiculous. the players they needed to play well did. In particular, this was the uh, this was the Old Trafford debut for Sofian Amrabat, and what a debut! He mm-hmm. played played just over sixty minutes, looked absolutely incredible. Three recoveries, uh, the highest percentage passer on the pitch. Most importantly, well, he made positions. McGuire
4: look good. Well, bro. that's hard to do. You're right.
0: What? <laughs> Amrabat, man! Everyone was saying. I mean, when this guy finally comes in. Could he be the savior for this team? And look, it was against a, a weakened Crystal Palace, not necessarily, you know, your top starters for Crystal Palace. But for the things he did, he made, he made you feel a bit more comfortable when the ball gets into that midfield, starts pressing up against that back line of uh, Manchester United. There was a, There was a comfortability that you normally wouldn't associate with the way this team has played this season.
2: Mm-hmm. What about for Mason Mount as well? Because it was a nice return for him. Eric Ten Hag said after the game praising Amrabat and Mason Mount and Harry Maguire, it felt like this was an important time for Manchester United, considering everything that's happened, for them to now have back-to-back wins and a couple of key players coming back as well.
3: Absolutely. That's one of the things you want, is those players to feel like they're finding confidence and getting a little bit on a roll. I think for Manchester United, we see this. and we should expect this from them and it's been so rocky for them over the last few months, over the last year. So when you see a, a three to nothing result, it's this duality, right? It, you're like, well, I should expect this, but this is not what we've been seeing. So yeah, I think for, for Mount especially, that, that's what you want to see, that type of performance where getting on the ball, dictating the, the play, but overall... I just feel like this is what we should be seeing from United. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they
4: have the pieces in place. Sorry to interrupt, but I think about their schedule upcoming. It's a good time for them to make a run. They got Crystal Palace again at home in a couple days. They got Galatasaray at home in the Champions League. They got Brentford at home. There's a lot of home games as I'm looking Mm -hmm. at this. Away to Sheffield, we just saw them lose 8-0 to Newcastle, so that's not necessarily a fortress for Manchester United. And then they have Copenhagen at home, so a nice chance for them to get healthy, maybe find that right mix of 11 Mm -hmm. players that are going to, whether that's Maguire, whether we want to put him in there or not. But if he's in there and he's being steady and Amrabat comes in.
2: Is, it, is there a chance for Maguire to really find his way back within this team, Jimmy, you think?
4: I, I'd like to say yes, because Varane hasn't been lighting it up. He's always on the precipice of being hurt at times. And then you have Lissandra Martinez, who I think has taken some risks at, as a defender. He, he takes more risks than I think he should. It does work out for him about 98% of the time, but when it doesn't, it seems to be a goal the other way. So I do think there's something about Maguire just playing within himself and not trying to be anything that he's not. That's when he seems to get in a little bit of trouble.
2: I think as well for Harry Maguire, obviously we've spoke about it at length even on the show, but. He must be one of the most mentally tough players we have ever seen to consider what he goes through and, and the amount of stick and backlash that he gets after every match. For him to have an important, you know, performance in this and for him to be back in the team, Alexis, it, it feels... Like a nice step for him and Manchester United, considering where they were at just a few weeks ago. He's
0: either mentally tough, as you suggested, or he has a specific room in his house just for crying, because the abuse (laughs) this man is. It could be (laughs) both. Uh, The abuse this man has taken is other players, other coaches, other managers, people all around the world of football have all come out and said, it's, it's just we've never seen someone take this much abuse. And in particular, when all he's ever done is shown up and play, he's never really spoken out. He's never sort of clapped back. He's never, he's never reacted. And really, I mean, you say, can he, can he make his way back into the starting lineup? Can he find maybe the connection with the fan base again? It really depends on how he plays. And, Jimmy, you'll know this better than anyone else. You know, for a center back, it's a partnership. And that mm-hmm. partnership isn't just the other center back that's next to you. It's the defensive midfielders in front of you. And if you've got guys like Casemiro playing at the highest level, Amr actually patrolling way, in front it? of you, it makes your job a little bit easier. And if he can develop a partnership, right. whether it's Lindelof, Lissandro Martinez, maybe Delo in a back three, if he can develop that partnership, and he doesn't have to be perfect. He just... It doesn't have to do too much. And if you can do that, I think this fan base will want to welcome him back. Mm-hmm.
4: I would say also the relationship with your goalkeeper. So Onana getting settled in, I think it took a while for maybe the team and for Onana to know when to come off his line, when to stay, mm-hmm. the type of communication. I mean, De Gea was such a fixture. For Man United for so long. You bring in a different voice and it just changes things. It takes a little bit to get into it.
2: It was a bit of a shock as well, let's be honest, for Onana. He looked a bit stunned and even in the in the Champions League game that we saw against Bayern Munich, it was a bit all over the place, wasn't it, let's be honest, for Manchester United. But Good. Back-to-back wins for them. Let's see if they can keep it going uh, at the weekend. Like you mentioned, back-to-back games against Crystal Palace. Here's a look at today's matches, though, for the Carabao Cup. because so, a bunch more uh, still to come. Liverpool taking on Leicester, Bournemouth against Stoke, Arsenal on the road to face Brentford. Uh, Villa will welcome Everton and Newcastle and Manchester. City go head-to-head on ESPN at Plus. But Chelsea against Brighton. Uh, I mean, Chelsea... I don't even know where to start with this team, to be honest. So let's start with Brighton, shall we? <laughs> uh, they have been absolutely fantastic. Obviously, it was disappointing to see them their European debut last week. It didn't go as well, I think, obviously, as, as De would have hoped. But... Jimmy, who would have thought that Brighton would be in the position that they're in? And coming into this game, you have to say, as the favourites, right?
4: Yes. Uh, Brighton seems to be the yeah. daddy of Chelsea the- these days. What's interesting is that Chelsea continue to buy players from <laughs> Brighton. <laughs> and yeah. Graham Potter, the manager, and basically trying to steal everything that Brighton have been doing well over the years. And yet, it hasn't helped Chelsea at all. And Brighton are still in charge. And despite having all these changes to their team and to their manager... Continue to play even better, and and what I think about with this re- with regard to this matchup, Brighton have an identity, and Chelsea don't. Mm. And Chelsea they have a manager in Todd Boley, who seems to be so rich. Like if he was an building owner. It, an so owner, manager, yeah, yeah. Well, well <laughs> he might we, do better than. But if he if if I'm Bowley and I'm building a house, uh-huh. he's the type of guy that oh we should redo the windows. Mm-hmm. Redoes the windows. Everything looks great. The house looks perfect. Oh, the floor sucks. We got to change the floor. Like, there's, he's never satisfied. He keeps buying all these players. And he never gives the, the house or the his foundation. team a foundation, a chance to settle, just get comfortable, and, and let it kind of work itself out. And that's working to Chelsea's detriment. I know that's not the question you asked me, Poppy. But with regard to Brighton, they're kind of the opposite of that and you can see what that foundation looks like when it has time to breathe and they have an opportunity to build something special and mm-hmm. fair play to Brighton they've been excellent.
2: I mean does it, 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 they've only lost one game in the Premier League so far I think they're yeah. sitting in third, third right in the Premier League table how far could this Brighton team go realistically because they exceeded everyone's expectations last year and now it looks like they could be even better and they have the depth to do it in Europe and, and in the league.
0: Well, they haven't done it in Europe yet, but let's see how they react but to play. they're one of their favorites, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Let's see how they react to having additional matches during the week as well. But what I really think is, you know, Chelsea, remember, this is the club that's won every title they possibly can. They've literally won them all. And now all of a sudden, they're, I mean, you used the term capitulation in the, during the break. That's exactly what we're seeing. It reminds me of a a comedian once stole one of my jokes. And I found out about it from other comics. I was really upset. I was going to confront them. And a bigger comic stopped me and said, if someone steals your joke, that means they need it. Mm. They can't go write another one. You can. And if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said, that would have been swapped. Chelsea's the team that could just go and find another great player. Yeah. Now it's Brighton. They got Mitoma playing incredibly well. You talk about buying players. Kukone, we haven't seen him at the level he played at, when he, was at, when, he was at um, when he was at Brighton. And now he's at Chelsea. Chelsea is in a dire situation. Brighton are on the up. This, this game is going to be a real sort of passing of the torch of teams that were blue that are on the up.
3: Do you think we see Georgi Petrovic in this game in goal for Chelsea? I could see that. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. And that would be maybe just a bright spot for American fans who want to see someone who played so much in MLS. Um, but, yeah, this is, it's, it's not good for Chelsea. I think they're, the one thing for Brighton, uh, their counterpress is on lock. And I think that, that might pose this Chelsea squad a little bit of difficulty, especially with a new goalkeeper right. potentially in.
4: Yeah, what I'm going to say is that I think Chelsea can use Manchester United as an example. Like, Use this tournament as a reset mm-hmm. to try to get your season back on track. Because if yeah. they get a good result against Brighton here it could really just turn how they're feeling about themselves.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, it was crazy considering Chelsea won the Champions League just a couple of years ago, then for them to not qualify for the Champions League and now for them to be 14th in the Premier League with only one win on the season. Today's important for the Blues, uh, both of them, in fact. Uh, Stay with us. We're going to check in with Nico from Miami to talk all about tonight's Open Cup final after this short break here on Morning Footy.
1: World of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier. I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus.
4: Yes! Two teams hungry for results.
0: Hungry to turn it around. able to see it. He
4: might find that He
5: does! Rips and repeat! There's that combination again! He is stepping forward, Karaskia! That is the moment! The big player on the big stage, and Houston leads in
4: extra time! Stramowski, the ball! He is into the box, for Miami and the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup final.
2: Well, kickoff for the Open Cup final is coming up tonight. Coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern. Kickoff at 8:30 from Drive Pink Stadium, available for you on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network. We cannot wait and we are so excited to bring back in our Nico Cantor to join us here on Morning Footy. Hey. Nico, good morning. Hey. You're in Miami ahead of the game. Look how much Alexis misses you. Yeah. I miss um, you, buddy. Way, he's got the sweatshirt on stage to give you a bit of love. A hug <laughs> miss from you far guys. away. How's Miami? A
5: hug from far away. Miami's really musty and humid and huh? hot <laughs> and rainy. Fun.
2: <Fine. laughs> what a change, right? <laughs>
5: Yeah, perfect final weather, and it's it's been it's gonna like threaten for like a rainstorm. You never know, Miami. I'm gonna check the weather up. I mean, you know what? I'm not even gonna check the weather up because it usually says like forty percent rain, and it ends up raining every single time. So uh, expect the possibility of 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 it maybe getting delayed. Yesterday there was we were at a at a party that U.S. Soccer threw. So thanks for U.S. Soccer for the invite, by the way. That was really nice, and it. Horde, um, right, very close to the stadium. It was crazy. So uh, expect some adverse conditions for a final. Well, Nico, uh, it looks nice to be in Leo Messi's guest room, guest house.
4: I uh, really like where you're staying. <laughs> uh, Leo, so- Leo, estamos al aire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, can you can you just turn around and ask if he's playing tonight? What's what? What are you hearing on the ground there in Miami about Messi?
5: Yeah. So. I'm not as confident as I was yesterday that Leo Messi is going to play. So I have to actually say sorry to Poppy because I kind of snapped at her at the possibility. She was asking, what was it that you asked? Let's say that he's not playing. And I went, no, 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 He's going to play. <laughs> There's no possibility that he's not going to play. So what we understand after kind of just analyzing Tata Martino's press conference and reading through the lines, Messi's not going to start. That's what it seems like. Uh, And he's not 100%. If he plays, he's going to come in as a sub, maybe second half, when Miami need him. Jordi Alba most likely will not be available. He said it's very difficult if he does play. Um, And that's what we were interpreting after the game against Toronto, that Jordi Alba's injury was worse than Messi's. At this point, following the sequence of events with newer information, Messi probably has a knock in that area, in that hamstring, that doesn't have him at 100%. He wasn't great against Toronto, and he probably told Tata Martino, let me play, and if I don't feel well, take me off, and we'll save it for the final. If this was a regular season game tonight, Tata Martino said, there's no way whatsoever we're risking Messi. He wouldn't be playing. But the fact that it's a final, it changes things, right? So, if Inter Miami's in need, they might go to the bench for Messi. but it does seem like Messi's going to start uh, from the bench and, and Inter-Miami is going to have to go w- with a team with no Alba, no Messi to, from the start. Um, Nico, uh, two questions for you. One, have you
0: eaten Banchetto or did they not allow you in? Uh, and second question is, if
5: Messi doesn't start, who do you, what do you think the 11 is going to look like? Okay, so I haven't had Banchero. I have a whole weekend to go to Banchero, and I, and I just might after this whole Pizzagate situation and your beautiful dissertation on pizza, Alexis. So uh, I'm going to have to give it a try because I've said already on, on air that the place that Messi went to go get his pizza, that we found out, uh, Alexis, you and I found out that it was underbaked on purpose because they were giving it to him so he could bake it at his house, right? So he could finish so it, yeah. You were right. It was underbaked. You're always uh, right about future. So, wow, Alexa. Yeah, there wow. you go.
2: A plus um,
5: for you. Yeah, w- Alexis won, Messi zero. Um, <laughs> never, never thought you would hear, hear that. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go this weekend, hopefully, because I got to give it a second try. And a team without Messi. Facundo Farias is obviously the choice to slot into there, and Robert Taylor, with the way that he's playing, the goals that we know that he can score. I can see Campana starting. It feels like Tata Martino is opting for Campana at this point over Joseph Martinez. The midfield stays the same. The midfield that's been pretty good for them with Sergio Busquets, Dixon Arroyo on one side, and the homegrown Benja Gremasi. Noah Allen has been deputizing at left back, and then the back line is essentially the same. Let's remember that Kristoff uh, has is, is been injured, uh, the Ukrainian international. So, well, he's been injured since, since last game. He might make it, but uh, Toto Aviles, the young Argentine center back, is there, and Drake Callender. So it's in reality, I mean, we were talking about this with, with, with Jimmy. Jimmy said that if Messi doesn't play, he still thinks Inter you know, Miami's going to win. That, that's a good team. That's a good team without Messi, without Jordi Alba. Um, it, maybe they haven't had the best performances, but on paper, it's it's a strong team that definitely can compete against Houston, which Houston, with a couple of guys back, also look really strong as well. So it should be fun, with or without Messi.
3: Nico, earlier in the show, we were talking about this game and the matchups we're most looking forward to in, in this game. When you look at both of these teams, who are you thinking, oh, I, I'm keying in on this matchup. I think this is going to be make or break potentially for either squad.
5: Yeah, so Houston, through Amin Basi and Corey Baird, have something very dangerous that Inter-Miami really has to deal with. And depending how high Inter-Miami get, Corey Baird can run those channels in behind. Uh, I haven't been impressed by Dodo Aviles, and Kamal Miller has had a little bit of a drop-off uh, since that honeymoon period to start the the Messi mania era. Um, and, and Corey Baird's been on it, but it's not only him. It's it's Dorsey, the right back. It's Franco Covar, who's playing left back now, the former Newell's Old Boys, former Atlanta, US Open Cup winner, MLS Cup winner. Um, under Tata Martino, he won that MLS Cup, so he knows a little bit what, what Tata Martino's systems are like. They're they're good offensively, and uh, let's see how Inter-Miami's backline deals with that because DeAndre Yedlin, there were times that he was beat on Sunday against Orlando City. Inter-Miami was playing a three-man backline, so maybe he, he was going to get caught a little bit higher, um, but he's just going to have to be wary about players going forward and, and Noah Allen as well. And then obviously, other than that, it's the midfield battle. Uh, Houston has that, that box in the midfield uh, where Hector Herrera and Coco Carrasquilla and Artur runs the show. I feel like we haven't really given Artur a lot of love. He's has won uh, MLS Cup, uh, he, Columbus Crew. He has been fantastic for Houston. He hasn't played in the last couple of games, but uh, surely he should be back for, for this final. Um, so it's about neutralizing as much as you can. I don't think you can say, all right, we have the perfect formula to take out a Busquets out of the game, but limit the service he gets and limit how he can dictate the game. Because if Busquets is one-time passing, like, it's just on a pivot, you can tell that in MLS, it's almost too easy for him. He receives the ball and he's like, okay, let's advance the game. Ball that way. All right, let's advance the game. Ball that way. Um, So it's, it's, it's about trying to limit him as much as he can.
0: Uh, Nico, I got one last question for you. I know your, your dad is also going to be there, right? He's also working the game. Uh, perfect yeah. time. Are you going to time the proposal to your girlfriend? Like when, <laughs> when Messi looks the trophy or maybe uh, before
5: after? So, so the ring is going to be in the trophy and Messi's going to go up to my girlfriend because she's going to be there with my whole family. The whole family is going to be in a circle. And, he's gonna, and, and I'm not going to get under the knee. going
0: to even
2: through an injury, the
5: man is a trooper, really,
0: I look forward to it. I cannot wait for this, I hope they say it on the
2: loudspeakers, everyone's going to (laughs) cheer, rain or shine Nico, we've got a lot to look forward to then is what you're saying.
5: Absolutely.
2: Love it. Good stuff. Enjoy tonight. <laughs> Enjoy the engagement. We'll see you soon.
4: Breaking news. <laughs> Nico. <laughs> <laughs> Me <Mi> bueno, amigo.
2: <laughs> all right, you stay with us. Uh, we've got another guest joining us next on Morning Footy. Marco Messina is here to talk all things Syria After the break, we'll be right back.